Welcome back to Tea Time Podcast, your home, somewhat, to sports news, entertainment, and mind-numbingly painful takes. On today's episode, we're going to recap last weekend, the UFC, some Genesis, golf, XFL, and college basketball, and round out the day with our play of the days. We'll also get in a little bit to why we are dropping Thursday. So with that, quiet on the tea, please. It's time to get started. This one's good if it goes. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. What's up, my guy? The weekend has passed. It we has. Failed, failed miserably. It's not we. That's I. Out. That's me. Well, Jerry, hand hey. up, full blame. Left the computer at school. Couldn't record on Monday night. You know what? We'll take it as a pod, but just spew all the hatred and all the comments to Jerry. But we will take that as a pod. Take Appreciate that. As a that. Pod. Yeah, I'll take it. I deserve it. But moving forward, it's Wednesday night, dropping this on a Thursday. Hopefully get back to the schedule starting yep. next week. Shout out Rylan Ruchinski. He's he's calling us out, keeping us keeping us on our toes. We love to see it. Love to see it. But like Jerry said, we will get back on task. I promise you this. We will get back to the schedule at least at least two times a week. Hopefully Monday, Thursday, like planned. If not, sometimes maybe Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, Saturday. I don't know. We'll we'll keep you we'll keep you in check though. Yeah, how about this? Each episode, listen to the end of the episode. The end of the episode, we'll discuss when we'll hopefully drop next. Even though I told you we dropped last Tuesday, or yeah, Tuesday, it didn't happen. Jerry forgot the computer. That was not planned, obviously. So we're moving on though, right, Jerry? Yep. And I've been getting a lot of comments. A lot of questions if we've ever dropped twice in a week, and I honestly don't know the answer. I think we have. Either way, we we're going to get on it. We're going to get on it. We're going to be better. We're learning. We're growing. You know what? I love it, though. Just just keep keep the comments coming. That's what that's what feeds us. Yeah. It's good. Constructive criticism. Appreciate it. All right. Well, while Jer was on the slopes, the UFC had a fight night last Saturday at the Apex, Blanchfield versus Jessica Andrea. What'd I say, Jer? What did I say? What did I tell you to put on the book? What did I tell you? Oh, hold on. I have it written down somewhere. Oh, yeah, Aaron. Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. Did I write Aaron, that down wrong? Aaron Blanchfield will be a champion. That's what I told you to write down. Aaron Blanchfield oh. will be a champion in her future, her My near bad. future. Aaron Blanchfield is the real deal. She came out, guns a-blazing. First round was absolute fireworks. I think she's stunned. Jessica Andres, and she's a beast. Most fights, most uh, UFC wins for a woman in the octagon. Crazy. She's a beast. She comes out, and I think it was kind of a little, little bit stunned how fast Aaron Blanchfield was and how, how quick she was with her movement and kind of how up to par she already was because Blanchfield was ready for the test. It was short notice. Bla- like I said, Andrea stepped in about two, two weeks ago, I think it was, two or three weeks ago, and... I mean, what she was looking for was to go in there, get it done, and then call for the title shot next. She was Andrea's plan was get the win on short notice and then get her title shot next. It was just another tick in the checkbook. But Blanchfield had different plans. She came out first round. They were both firing. I mean, it was it was a good round. 
I think Blanchfield might have got it. Andreas might have got it too. Second round came out. Blanchfield really showed that, you know, she's getting in, getting out. Andreas was trying to make it dirty, just kept backing her down, kept backing her down. Blanchfield's kind of hitting, getting out of there, hitting her hard. Finally gets the neck in the second round, finishes her with a rear naked choke. Blanchfield is the real deal. She gets on the mic at the end for the interview in the octagon, and she calls for the winner of the Valentino Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso on the Jones card in March. That's for the bell, obviously. Valentina's the champion, undisputed. She said she wants a winner of that and that she will win the title. So, Jerry, my fruition mm-hmm. might come true quick. Next fight. Next, next fight. fight. Next fight. Next We're calling it here. If she, well, I'm not going to say When is the next fight? For her? Yeah. Well, if she's actually going to get the winner of that fight on March 4th, I mean, it would be before the end of the year. Okay. For sure. So we'll see if she actually gets, I think she will get the, I don't know, man, it's tough. I think she was eight. She'll definitely peek her way into the top five now because I think Andreas was two, maybe, maybe three. Okay. So that was a big win. But then uh, in the co-main, the Beverly Hills Ninja, I want to make fun of it, but it came out during the his walk to the octagon that he did lose his mom um during his camp and he still came in took the fight he looked happy looked at peace but in the octagon he did lose every single round and it wasn't even close he did enter the third round for the first time in his career so he lost unanimous decision he fought zach puego i don't know i don't really know how to say his last name but he's an ex-nfl fullback well this is what the announcer say jared get this they say he's an ex-NFL fullback. So I'm like, oh, that's crazy. So I look him up. You look him up, and it literally, like, you can, if you look up his name and then NFL, it'll show his picture in the Texan uniform, and you click it, and it's like, no stats. Like, nothing. Doesn't even tell you when he signed, anything. Finally found he signed in 2011 as a free agent, but doesn't say that he was on the practice squad, doesn't say he was on the active roster, doesn't say how long he had him, doesn't Who'd say he, he was with? cutting, nothing. The Texans. Gotcha. And then he played... Rugby from 2014 to 2016 with Glendale Raptor Rugby Club. So he's just a beast, right? Like, that's the last person I'm stepping in the octagon with. Tough cookie. Yeah, that fight, not a great fight. William Knight, I also said to kind of look out for. He looked like the Hulk, Jerry. His physique was disgusting. I Kind of like me or? Well, funny you say that because in my notes I said, he looked like the Hulk, but he fought like how I think Jerry would. That's fair. He lost every single round, and he he was running away from the fight. And every time he got punched, he kind of like tried to shrug it off and like look cool and like throw like his upper lip in the air. But he was like he just got pieced. He lost. Yeah. He literally lost twenty. My guy. 30 that's my guy right there. Card. Pain is temporary, but swag is forever. He knows what's up. <laughs> um. Other than that, there there were some good fights on that card. There were not great, but Blanchfield definitely lived up to it. She's She's such a beast. She's fun to watch. So watch out for her. She will be a champion. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it. Put it on the books. Might be even as soon as next fight. You heard it here first, folks. February 25th, this Saturday. Another fight night. Spawn versus Krylov for the light heavy. It's just a light heavyweight fight. The only thing I got from this is Span is coming off of a KO against Dominic Reyes. A spectacular KO. 
And then he has a sub win before that against Ian Cudabella, who has actually lost his last four fights. Dominic Reyes, we all know how he is after he fought John Jones, which was a really close fight. Some people thought Reyes won after that fight. He really hasn't done anything. He lost, I don't know how many it was consecutively after that, finally got a dub. Then he's got knocked out like every time he's lost, it felt like, in just crazy fashion. So I guess we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But other than that, then I think Brendan Allen's the co-main. He's a fun fighter to watch for. I don't got much to say about him, but that's the only other name that's really on there. Montana De La Rose um, is on there, so I feel like you got to root for her, right? Yep. Her name's Montana, so not a great fight, but fight night, I should say. Not just like not as has as many names as last week's, but after next week, it's the return of bones baby that fight is going to be awesome that card's going to be sick but that's all i have to say about ufc love to hear it moving to golf let's run into some golf what do you think jared you get it get a chance to look over over anything for at the genesis or what i was locked in on thursday and friday at school other than that i, I didn't fall i just followed the scores on the weekend on ski hill i was rooting yeah. for my boy homa gotta root for max dude almost clutched up on the 18th oh yeah did you you should have seen the shot that john rom hit i think it was on 16 the putt like a 30 foot putt like on a par three he had like a 30 foot just off the green mm-hmm. sinks it to take the take a one stroke lead and max this on sunday I mean, from from there on the, yeah from gotcha. there on out it was over but max did have a lead going into the back nine he had a one stroke lead going yeah into they the back both nine. played pretty good golf on sunday i was just saw, saw the scores on the drive home or no i'm sorry it, on the hill. And Homa is coming off a win, so I mean he was kind of, you know, feeling it. He's playing really well. Yep. This year especially, well, but yeah. And John Ram is just on absolute fire. He's already won three tournaments this season. Three tourneys this year, Jerry. Yeah, that's true. What did he win? That is insane. Century tournament champions. That was January fifth through the eighth. The New yep. American Express. That was January nineteenth yep. to twenty second, and then just this last Genesis, Genesis Invitational, obviously, yeah. So, listen to this. He's competed in seven events, the 2022-2023 PGA mm-hmm. Tour season. He is not finished out of the top ten in any of them. Top eight. Tied, I Top guess. eight is his lowest, yeah. So, he's got the three wins out of the seven. Mm-hmm. Then he finished third at the Phoenix Open yep. last weekend. And then he finished seventh at Farmers Insurance the weekend before that. And then had the two wins in a row the last the two weekends before that. Like he is on fire. He yeah. is the number one golfer in the world right now for sure. Oh, did you see what Homo called him afterwards? Thanos. <laughs> yeah. Classic. I mean, dude, he is a beast. So he's completely eating. Did you see what Tiger said? Uh, no, I did not. Tiger was like, he's just getting started. Like, he's just an animal. Respectfully, when did he break into the pro scene? Do you know? John Ram, um, yeah. I don't know when he broke in. He's got, with that win, he's got 10 PGA wins now. I know that. But going back to Homa's chip that bounced out on the 18th year, oh, that was heartbreaking. You absolutely hate to see it. You hate to see it. And who, I mean, come on, cat. Let's get the caddy to pull the pin before. Come on, Homa. Honestly, the pin the wasn't there that much. I know, but that no, might have it went to because the, the pin would have helped it. It went just to the left or the right of the pin. If it would have hit no, the pin, it, it would have dropped. Oh, I don't know, cause it it roll it, it was on the ground hard. It didn't bounce in like it wasn't on a. I think if it would have hit the pin, it would have dropped for sure. But John Rom, 
crazy. He's the first PGA Tour player since Justin Thomas back in 2016-17 season to win three times before the month of March. Beast. Absolute beast. Uh, the Genesis had 22 of the top 25 golfers in the world right now, according to the Golf World Rankings, playing in it. So that goes to show you that the competition level was. Yeah, sorry. I'm locked in. I'm trying to figure out <laughs> when he came to the pro scene. Give me one second here. You figure it out. All right, so I found it finally. Turned pro in 2016, so he's fairly new to the scene still, and he's absolutely dominating the scene. And like Tiger said, just getting started. He is. It absolutely is. So with that, Tiger played on Sunday, baby. Mm-hmm. Love seeing him in the red. Yeah, love seeing him making absolutely. the cut, especially on Friday. He was getting close. I didn't think he was going to make it. Well, he finished Friday um, one over, and it looked like he was going to miss the cut when he finished. And he needed like three golfers to drop for the cut to drop to plus one because the projected cut was even. Yep. So he was lucky to even be playing on the weekend. He was he would have been there anyways because he was the designated host or whatever the, at yeah. Riverside. But he played glad good Saturday see- and then kind of sold the in on Sunday. You know, Sunday he uh, he finished two over, but well, finished two over on on the day. He finished yep. one under for the for the week. Middle of the pack, one under, but on Sunday at one point, he was four under, and he was tied for like 21st, so he's damn near breaking top 20. Mm-hmm. And, and wasn't you that could Tiger's tell first tournament since the Masters last year? Yep, first time in 10 months playing 72 holes. Just getting his feet under him, and he said in that post-event presser, I'm pretty sure that he's going to plan to play all four majors this year. So that's his his goal is, he said that he would uh, plans to play all the four majors, and then sprinkle in if a few here and there. So he said that's pretty much all his body can give him at this point. That's that's pretty much it for the rest of the career. So hopefully we can at least get him for all the four majors, which is, Jer, can you name them? You got the well, you got the Masters, U.S. Open, PGA yep. Championship. Yep. And what's the last one I'm forgetting? The Open Championship. Oh, yeah. So hopefully we can get all four of those. That's in April, then May, then June and July. So that's a, that's a lot for Tiger and his ankle after the car ac- car wreck, you know, mm-hmm. rebuilt leg. He's a robot. You could tell on Sunday it was bothering him a little bit. Yeah, that's a he, lot he of was walking. starting to struggle at the end. And that's what he said. Holes like, is, yeah, that'll, that'll get a guy after four straight days of it. I've been oh. seeing that Tiger said he's going to play in all four majors, or at least attempted. Oh. I figured it would be only American to throw a light 25 on him to win a major this year. I think I got it. At like twenty five to return seven fifty, so that's got to be like plus three thousand, I think. Yeah, so a lot. Hopefully, as a miraculous year like he did. Was that twenty nineteen? The last time he won the Masters. I need T to fact check. Shout out Trey Grant, T the electrician. Hopefully, to have him on soon. Need him on yeah, we, soon. Yep. Be on the lookout. A lot of time. We yep. are we are gonna get him a classic video out. Hopefully. But, yeah, seeing Tiger on Sunday was great. I did watch literally every one of Tiger's shots the whole week. So, Thursday and Friday, he looked, honestly, I don't want to say, like, great, obviously, but he looked, like, as good as you can coming back after, you know, pretty much a 10 Do you have this on every day, or do you just, like, watch the highlights or, like, the Oh, no, I had it on every day. And I didn't miss a single shot, not one stroke, not one putt. I mean, I might have a shot. Maybe maybe one or two. Okay, let's keep, maybe let's keep it honest, please. It's not. I I had it on the whole day at work on Thursday. He teed off at like nine thirty on Saturday, and I was watching. Ev- I watched everything or on Sunday too. Like 
I love it. On Thursday, speaking of which, when I was watching on Thursday, I was listening, and um, one of the him and JT are boys, right? Did you see the video of him handing when he outdrove JT? He handed him the he. Uh, sorry, you I just drew it. a blank there. Holy <laughs> fuck! He handed JT the tampon after he outdrove him. Yeah, and then um, later on, you can hear JT go to Tiger. After one of his drives, goes say nice shot, dude. And then the like one of the announcers goes, not too many players are on the dude level, Tiger Woods. And then another announcer replies to that, says, "Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't say bruh." I was like, "Okay, I'm done with this." Muted yeah. the announcers. I couldn't listen to that BS. Sometimes, like the whole weekend, their announcing crew on Tiger's group because he was on, he was the marquee group. They were cutting out of the final group. <laughs> The final group to get to Tigers, every one of Tigers' shots, which was awesome. Classic. You got it. It's what the fans want. Oh, but yeah. That just shows your show. The PGA is just getting so outdated. The announcers are just starting to get weird. But that's why you've Facts. got this new golf league called Live that's kind of taking over the scene. And if you don't know about Live Golf, <laughs> their motto is golf but louder. And it's basically, in my opinion, a golf rave. They just golf 54 holes instead of 72, so three days instead of four. And that's what LIV, that's Roman numerals of 54. That's just, but they just, it, they just do things differently and they have huge concerts at the end and all the videos I've seen, it pretty much just looks like a party for three days straight. Very much want to go to one of them. Looked at tickets, 3000 MXN. I don't know what that unit of currency is, but I definitely know I can't afford that, <laughs> but we're going to keep, we're going to keep trying for the future. But anyways, about live golf. So if you haven't heard a little about live golf, what it is, is they break these 48 golfers into 12 teams, so four players on a team. Uh, each event, you have the individual winner, and then you get points for placing in the top 24. So then whichever team has the most points at the end of the tournament is the is the team winner for that tournament. They shotgun start, so no wasting time. It's always going, and there aren't any cuts either because there's only 48 guys to begin with. There's 14 events throughout the season, so that's pretty small compared to the PGA. But anyways... Electric golf. The team aspect is awesome, and the team names and logos are electric. Absolutely electrifying. Jarrett sent me the little... You do like a quiz on Live Golf, to, and you answer like nine quick questions, and it gives you your team that you root for. Let's just yeah. say I took the quiz, and I took it over again. And then I took it over again to try to not get the team I was getting, because I will absolutely... Jerry said that's the team we have to root for, right, Jerry? That that that, that was a thing. Like, who well, you guys have to root for? Yeah, I'm in the same. And that's boat. not happening. That's that's <laughs> simply not true. Okay, because I am not rooting for Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, I, just, like I was doing same. everything and anything in my power power to not uh, get Bryson DeChambeau. I I ran the test too. First team I got is the Crushers. That's DeChambeau's team. He's the team captain. And I was so crazy because one of the questions in there was like, "What do you like like to see the most?" It was like a yeah. deep drive. Pin location, yep. save, amazing save shot, and I forget yep. what the last one was. But I was, was like, all right, part. I like I like either someone sniping the pins or That's giving me I a picked. good save. And so the That's first time I, I ran it with the with the pin shot, and I get that, so I was like, I get the crushers. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. So I run it again and change it to the saves. And on the second time, I get the high flyers, which is Philly Mickelson's team. Jerry, and I could roll with them. I can roll with them. But if I'm basing off what I actually want to see, and if I actually want to go, I'm going with the range goats. That's Bubba Watson. That's his team, and, and that and? logo is tough. The pink tough. with the bi- yeah. the Billy Goat, so electric. So on that team, they just picked up Taylor Gooch. He just transferred from 
the four aces, which was the most dominant team in 2022. That's Dustin Johnson's team, which speaking DJ. about, yeah, the live tour being like kind of just a party. What better guy to sign than that than Dustin Johnson? Facts. I mean, that's amazing. He'll make it loud for sure. But anyways, going back to Bubba Watson, do you remember in like seventh grade when we read that book and we had to send famous people letters requesting yeah, a Yeah, well, what was that called? The I Crane or no something? no idea. No idea what the book was called. But for some reason, it sent mine to Bubba Watson. He must have, <laughs> it was right, and he won the Masters, and that would have been right around 2012, so that was the year he won it. And um, he sends, I'm pretty sure it wasn't him, I'm pretty sure like his agent or someone did it. They just sent back a nice autographed picture of him, which I still have. I should find that. I got to dig that out. But he didn't send me That's a paper trick. But anyways, still, Bubba was my dude for that. I heard he can be kind of an ass on tour, but as far as I know, he sent me an autographed picture, so he's number one. So I'm running with the range gro- goats, but legally I'm bound to the high flyers due to that test. So those two teams, keep an eye on them. So I did that same exact thing going through the test where I was like, okay, I'm not picking the booming drive because you're going to end up with DeChambeau. That's just who he is. Mm-hmm. So I did the... Because I did the pin one, went yep. through, got the crushers. I was like, what? So I did the save shot, and I still got the crushers. And I was like, Kenny's like, you can't just keep redoing it when you don't want that team. I'm like, yeah, I, I am going to keep redoing it because I don't want that team. But I will say, I mean, I guess I guess I'm kind of stuck with them. But oh, you're going to run I'm with gonna the crushers? Ch- no, I'm not going to run with the crushers. I cannot root for Bryson DeChambeau at all. Yeah. Fireballs is also kind of a sick name. Got a sick kind of logo. That's with Sergio Garcia on that team is the team captain. He's lit. Yep. But I think that I'm going to roll with, I want to say, the Ripper. Ripper GC because their their captain is Cam Smith. But their logo is not not sick at all. That's all right. So I'm going to roll it with them. Matter, though. I, you got Cam Smith. But you're legally yeah, like, bound to the Crushers, right? Because you ran the test twice. Yeah, and I got the Crushers twice. Yeah. So I think for the listeners, you definitely should go. Just go to livegolf.com, and then right at the top, they have a one of those little tabs that just says Team Picker. Say it's a fair thing. Everyone gets to run it twice. If you don't like the team, you get in the first place. Yep. But, yeah, you're legally so, bound to the team you get the second time if you don't like the first one. I'm running with the high flyers, sneakily rooting for the range goats on the side. And, yep, that, and I'm running that, with the crushers, sneakily rooting for the rippers. Yep, there you go. Live Golf this season kicks off this weekend in Mexico. Yep. Maya Coba, Mexico. Golf course looks amazing. Excited. I was going to bet that, but Montana Sports Bet refuses to allow that, so that's no fun. They hate joy, obviously. But I guess I'll just watch from the sidelines as a happy, happy golf fan. Absolutely. All right. Should move it on? Moving on from Live, let's run into the XFL, another league new league quote-unquote i was so busy last week i kind of forgot that their season kicked off oh yeah first week of the season was last week for the xfl baby did you watch any oh, of the yeah. games i watched the dc defenders versus the seattle sea dragons the last game mm-hmm. such a sick game was it? dc defenders won 22 to 8 ended up winning 22 to 18 and but it it, it was honestly like a good game and for those you don't know the XFL, they've got, they all, they try these like new rules, I guess you would say. Um, and honestly, it's like a test dummy for the NFL, see if the NFL likes it. Like they're going to adopt, they could adopt some of these. Like, for example, the XFL, instead of kicking an extra point, you can uh, get one point from going from the two. 
on this is after score touchdown, get a point from going from the two, get two points from going from the five, or get three points from going from the ten. So, which makes it automatically electric, like right there. That's awesome. Yeah. And then instead of an onside kick, you can go for fourth and fifteen. And if you get fourth and the fourth and fifteen from, I think it's like where you would kick it off the twenty-five or thirty. I don't know. You get the ball, so it's absolutely electrifying. But that back to that DC defenders versus uh, the Seattle Dragons game. <laughs> this game was ridiculous. Like. At the end of the game, it ended on a fumble by Ben DiNucci, who was the starting quarterback for the Seattle Dragons, who was in the quarterback room for the Dallas Cowboys, and I believe did start a game actually for him at one point. But he fumbled the, fumbled at the end of the game, so that was the end of the game there. But they had a chance with the ball, and the whole game is just so fun. The crowd gets into it. like The D.C. defenders are known for having a beer snake and so like even the announcers were talking about it on the thing or during the game and the security guards went over and took the beer snake from the crowd when they were starting it and the whole crowd was like up in arms and the announcers (laughs) went over there interviewed the fan and the fans were pissed it was so damn funny it was it's just electrifying it's like it's just funny because it's like a not like a G League of the NFL, but a lot of these players, I think there's like 19 players that played in the XFL last year in the NFL now, like off the top of my head, like Turpin yep. for Dallas, start the starting returner for Dallas, who's electrifying. Yep. And so but there's yeah, only eight teams awesome. in this league. And yep. they divided the eight teams into north and south, which is one way to do it. I don't think I would have done that. I think I would have went east and west and just split up. There's three teams in Texas, just split them up. But whatever, this league... Which I this is their third season, right? Third year, somewhere around there. I think it's their second. Second, either way, I didn't even really know they existed last year. Like I saw stuff about it, didn't pay attention. But the Rock Johnson, for some reason, is the head honcho or one of them, which is just so random to me. But I love it, and I'm excited to start watching these games. There's some tomorrow night, some on Saturday, and then a couple on Sunday. I think there's one tomorrow night, and then two Saturday, two Sunday. Yeah, week two starts off tomorrow night. That's the Seattle Sea Dragons versus the St. Louis Battlehawks. And then Saturday, you got D.C. Defenders versus Vegas Vipers. Sunday, you got the two games, the San Antonio Brahmas versus the Orlando Guardians. And then the Arlington Renegades versus Houston Rednecks. Jer, claim a team right now. I'm for sure rolling with the Seattle Sea Dragons. That's their name, right? Oh, yeah, and their uniforms are sick. Yeah, and their logo's sick, the little... The little sea dragon guy. I got to get me a dad hat with just that on that. Let's rank the logos right now. Do you got them in front of you? Can you see them? Uh, Let me pull them up here. Give me one sec. So you got, I listed off the teams. There's eight of them. Mm -hmm. I think the number one logo is for sure the sea dragons. So sick. The little dragon. My number two, I'm going to go with the Brahmas. The San Antonio Brahmas thing is lit. Yeah, I'd have to back you there. The little bull. Yeah, that, that I like that. That's pretty sick. And for three, I, don't, I mean, I'd probably go with the Houston Roughnecks because it kind of reminds me of the Oilers. We just think alike, man. But what do you think? For four? Well, I just and lost then, it. I just got an ad and it completely took over my screen. So you go ahead and rattle them off while I get back to where I need to be. Four, I'm going Vipers, and with the worst one, I'm probably gonna have to say the DC Defenders. I mean. Well, you just named five teams, and there's eight of them, so we might need to... No, I'm saying the last one, Defenders, Ford, Vipers, and then 
I don't know, five, you'd probably go with the Guardians, then six, Battlehawks, and seven, Renegades, then eight, Defenders. And I say Defenders, Renegades, because those two are kind of the most boring ones. Even though the Vipers one's kind of boring, but it's low-key kind of sweet. Dragons, number one, for sure. That's got to be my team, because you know who also plays for him, Jer? Who? Josh Gordon, who is an absolute beast. Love seeing him back out on the field. He had six receptions for 74 yards and a tud to go with the Nucci's 282, one tud and two interceptions. So go watch Josh Gordon ball back out on the field tomorrow night, 9 o'clock Eastern, against the Battle Hawks. I love and that. honestly, they get quite a bit of people in the stadium too. Like it's not like like it before, like it wasn't very packed. It's it's kind of packed in those stadiums now. Like those, they'd be fun to go to. They were getting like the DC Defenders one when they're doing the beer snakes. They were throwing beer on the field, and then after they took away the beer snake, they were throwing lemons on the field. The fa- fans were they just, just lost lemons. Love that. Where'd they get the lemons from, though? I have no idea. But it <laughs> That's was amazing. Classic. All right, I'm changing up my answer slightly, and I'm giving the full eight. So Seattle Sea Dragons is undoubtedly number one. I'm yep. going to put the Houston Roughnecks number two. It's just it's pretty tough, respectfully. Yeah. Then I'll go the Brahmas three. Give me the yep. Guardians four. Ooh. The Battlehawks five. I think the Vipers is – I'm not impressed by it by in the slightest. Going Battlehawks, that'll be five. Vipers six. Yep. yep. Defender seven, and then the Renegades eight. The Renegades See, is just a, just a horrible logo. Like, what am I looking I'm only at? S- I'm only saying the Renegades over the Defenders be, probably because of the, the color. I, shit, I don't know. It's close. They've got the little direction arrow like you see on Google Maps, and then a like a like it looks like a sideways D. It's hard to even see an R out of it. Yeah, that's very true. I don't really know what they were actually going for, to be honest with you. Like, I think there's got to be something else that we're missing that we probably just have no idea. Yep. But, Jer, I think we both should get a Seattle Sea Dragons hat or something. Yeah, get, I, get, I think get I need some to. gear. That is the most electric little logo I've ever seen. It's so sick. But XFL has 10 weeks, and then they got a semifinals, and then a chipper. It's electrifying. I'm not that locked, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off some of the QBs. A.J. McCarron starts for the Battle Hawks. Everybody knows A.J. McCarron is. Won two natties at Alabama. Bust in the NFL but had 190 yards, two TDs for the Battle Hawks. He was going against Jack Cohn. Most of you probably don't even know that name, but me being an ND guy, played for Notre Dame, not great, transferred from Wisconsin. No idea why Notre Dame thought, hey, let's go to the transfer portal and let's pick up a Wisconsin quarterback, even though we know it's Big Ten football and all they do is run the ball. But, I mean, he did throw for some yards, ND, some games. But he had 271 to one pick for the Brahmas. And then this is classic. Paxton Lynch for Orlando got benched after going 14 for 20, 125 yards with a pick and a tud. Pretty sure he's the only player ever to be benched in the NFL, the XFL, the CFL, and the USFL. <laughs> so, I mean, he's on a roll. That's a good and stat actually, to have, though. Yeah, I mean, at least, at least you're one and only, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at least you're one and only at something. I remember... I just read a thing that was back on draft day when the Broncos drafted him. I think it was in the mid-first round. I can't remember exactly where it was at, but the Cowboys were trying to trade up to get him. And Jerry Jones, was like, he was quoted after the draft saying that he's kicking probably the only time he ever should have overpaid and should have just gave him a third-rounder, I think he said, when he didn't want to give it up at the time. 
because he really wanted him and be so glad. I would have just loved if the Cowboys would have just sold some capital for Paxton Lynch, who just was out of the NFL in, I think, probably two quick years. I don't even remember what it was. But Marquette King, every punter, plays for the Renegades. Or, excuse me, sorry, the Vipers. He had three punts, so he's back. He's back punting, baby. Let's go. All I have to say is the XFL is actually electric, and it's something to keep your heart warm after the NFL is over and no more football. At least you can have a little bit of football with the XFL. Go watch it. Got some fun stuff, fun rules. So you just said you're going to name the quarterbacks for the teams, and I think you named three quarterbacks and then a punter. No, I was naming four quarterbacks. I named I named the th- four quarterbacks. I mean, the other quarterbacks, there was like uh, DeQuarish King, who played for Miami Hurricanes, but then the other ones, you probably wouldn't know unless you actually watched a lot of college football because they never, never made their way into the NFL. We're going to have to get Zach Archibald on for this. But okay. Does he love it? I don't know. He's just my college football guy. Yeah, we got to get him on for some college football. All right, let's move on to some college hoops, though. College hoops. The North Carolina Tar Heels. Cheeks. Cheeks? Absolute cheeks. Are they done? Can they make they the tournament? Done. You think so? Going to be the first team to be ranked preseason number one and not make the tourney, right? Is Am I correct? If it happens, I think that's correct, yes. They you're you're the ruling tournament. them out. You don't see them making the tournament? No. Okay. I I think they should be done. I mean, they've been a huge disappointment this year. But I was piddling around on bracketology today. And right now they're the first team out, so they still have a chance. And oh, I should go find the quote. But Joe Lenardi said they need to win at least three of the next four to have a chance or win the ACC championship to get an automatic qualifying bid in, which I think that is complete BS. That's blue blood favoritism right there. They are 16 and 11 right now, 17 and 11 counting the game tonight, uh, which isn't very impressive in the first place, but those 16, 17 wins now are against nobodies. They are 0-9 in quad one wins, and I talk about quad one wins all the time, so I'm going to explain that a little bit so what that is the quadrant system is based on the ncaa evaluation tool also known as the net this replaced the rpi the rating percentage index in 2018 and it's just basically a fancy ranking system based on a bunch of analytics that takes into account game results strength of schedule location of the game scoring margin efficiency of both offense and defense and the quality of those wins and losses so what this basically does is just ranks these teams and the nice thing about the net is it is updated daily. But anyways, they break, they break up wins into different quadrants. So you've got your quadrant one, which is a win at home versus teams ranked in the top 30. And then a quad one win at a neutral court would be against teams ranked the top 50. And if you get a win away against a team ranked in the top 75, those are all considered quad one wins. And then quad two obviously just carries over. So for a quad two win at home would be any team ranked between 30... 31st and 75th a neutral would be 51st through 100 away would be 76 through 135 and quadrant three and quadrant four carry on just into deeper numbers anywho back to what i was getting to north carolina is 0-9 in quad one wins this season they have not beaten a team in the top 30 of the net rankings i don't see how you can let a team into the tournament with that they're five and two in their quad two wins i just can't see you putting a team like this in the tournament oh yeah and we compare this Compare these North Carolina Tar Heels to a team I hold nearly to my heart, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So people people have been doubting and hating on Texas Tech yep. all season yep. long. But let me tell you, they are 5-10 and 10 
in quad one wins. They've played 15 quad one games compared to North Carolina's nine that they've lost all of. And Texas Tech has won the last four in a row. They are 0-2 in quad two wins, but I think winning five out of, let's see, what was that, 17, five out of 17 quad one, quad two wins compared to North Carolina's five. Oh, they also have five. All right, well, now I'm starting to doubt myself a little bit, but North Carolina's wins came from quad two, while Texas Tech's came from quad one. I think this is a little bit I un- think uncanny, a little bit biased that North Carolina's even had a chance of making this tournament, even if they win out. I just doesn't, I don't see it happening. Can't. It, it cannot. They're yep. two and five in the month of February thus far, and that's counting the win against Notre Dame with losses to teams NC State, Miami in the top 25, but they, they lose to Pitt at home. They get beat by Wake Forest. They get past Clemson. Yep. So their wins in February are Clemson and Notre Dame. Now, they had a good January. They go 6-1 and one in January, losing only to Virginia at Virginia. But the month of February has shown so far you have to play your best basketball. Well, I don't want to say you have to play your best basketball because sometimes it doesn't work yep. like that. But for a team that's scratching and clawing to get in, why should they be in the tournament? Unless they do absolutely something. If they finish 2-0, they got Virginia at home on Saturday, and they got Florida State on the road. They should murder yep. Florida State on the road. See, and that's the thing. So, Joe Lenardi saying they need to win at least three of the four. It should have been four of four, especially because they're set up for success. So, the two road games they have are against Notre Dame and Florida State, who are arguably the two worst teams in the ACC. And the ACC is not great. And then great. they've got Virginia at home, which will be a tough game. But Virginia just got killed by Boston College tonight. And then they've got Duke at home, which, oh, I, I mean, that'll be a great game for sure. But I, it, it, I think it's win all four of these games or bust. For them to even have a chance to make it to the tournament, I think that, and I think, I think they're to the point where they need to win the ACC championship. I think, I think that's the only way I see them getting in. I think you're right. In, I mean, obviously that can happen. It's anything happens, especially in March. Don't matter if it's the big dance or if it's the conference tournaments. I mean, you're playing to get into the big dance. Everybody's playing their best, right? So, but I believe that's the only way they they should be in. Like you said. Texas Tech Red Raiders should be in over the North Carolina Tar Heels. Texas Tech. For sure. Well, I think Texas Tech needs to win out, too. Which I agree. Will be tough. Well, I'm not saying that Texas Tech should be in right now, but they shouldn't put North yeah. Carolina in over them right now. Exactly. And they're, they're for sure in the same boat. I think both teams need to win out to be considered. It, I think North Carolina, if they, win, if they lose one of these next three games and they don't win the ACC championship and they're in the tournament, that's complete favoritism. Just you know, wanting to see like, that's just gotta be media deals. Yeah. You know, Oh, absolutely. there's no, that's like, that is not putting one of the best 68 teams in college basketball in the tournament. I agree with that. So yeah, I had to, I had to go off on a little tangent there. And the sad part is, is I like North Carolina. I love their team, you know, and they think they should be good. They only lost Brady Manick in the off season, but he was supposed to be replaced by Pete Nance at Northwestern transfer. I don't know what's going on with this team. I really wanted to see him do good. I'd love to see him come back, but I think at this point in the season, they they should be ruled out of contention. Well, you say that you like North Carolina, and that holds true because I think you're. I remember if I remember way back when, wasn't your game center on Apple like Tar Heel thirteen or something? Yeah. Well, I was I was a North Carolina fan until my brother went to Gonzaga. That's the only reason I'm a Gonzaga fan is because it kind of got ties to the school. I'd not really not that I went to Gonzaga, but it's fair. my brother going there had me converted into a Gonzaga fan, which I it's wish tough. he didn't go there. I wish I wasn't a Gonzaga fan. That is tough. I wish I still was a North Carolina fan. 
maybe not this year, but yeah. Well, moving on, there were some games tonight, some actually actually good games too. I'm going to go back to the Big East. Let's start with the Big East. UConn, Providence, always good games. Now, if you look at the score, Providence did end up losing by 20. Damn near. They lost by 18. But first half, it was a battle. Coming out into the second half, it was a battle. And then UConn just blew it away in the second half, second part of the second half. But that was a good game to start off. Alabama, South Carolina. South Carolina takes number two Alabama to OT where Alabama survives. Now, that's a game. Brandon Miller was the one who hit the winning layup in overtime to win. And if nobody has been following, Brandon Miller has been tied to the murder a couple weeks ago. His teammate, Darius Mild, executed and was kicked off the team. Apparently, he he is accused of supplying the gun that was used to kill the woman that night. It's a big topic right now. We'll see what comes out about it. But he did finish with 41 points tonight. Yeah, that's a wild story all around. So, yeah, his teammate Darius Miles killed the lady. And I think it was kind of back in November, not a couple weeks ago. But I might be wrong on that. Uh, anyways, he was supposed to go pick up Darius. And he was running late or something. And was like an hour behind. And Darius sent him a text like, I need my gun. Or something to that extent. But the like the lawyers and all that they ruled that he didn't see that text like he was already on his way but Darius Miles gun was just in the back seat of his car under some clothes and they claimed that he didn't know the gun was in the car which makes no sense if it's his car I can't believe that he was allowed to play tonight not saying that he has anything to do with this but just the extent of that you'd think they well I seen that uh Nate Oates to make a comment that him and the university was was made aware that he had ties and connections before this all came out so well, they ruled that he wasn't like right, right, right. But I'm just saying called? they were aware that he that he they did have ties. So we'll see what comes about of it. Yeah. But good game there. Alabama sneaks away 78-76 at South Carolina. Like you like you mentioned earlier, number six Virginia falls. And not only do they fall, they got worked the whole game to Boston College. Mm-hmm. They lost by 15 at Boston College to not a great Boston College team either. I think Virginia might yeah, be a no. little fraudulent. Um, I, I Virginia tends to do that's this. That's what stuff, I'm saying. Man, like they always do this. They make me nervous. Ever since, ever since they dropped that six, dropped to sixteen, in a sixteen seed a couple of years, few however many years back, it was a while back now. But yeah. Well, I mean, they barely got away from Louisville on the road. Couple that have been last week. That yep. would have been a week ago from today, and then they lost at Pitt earlier this season. Yep. I don't know if, and I, as I said, road games are hard to win, but Virginia is a solid team. I don't know why they can't figure it out on the road if it's that much of a different atmosphere that they just get shook up a little bit. They go to UNC this Saturday, so we'll see if they can bounce back there. Hopefully, for the North Carolina's sake, they don't. Yeah, along with that game, there's plenty of good basketball coming Saturday, per usual. Yep. You got Texas at Baylor. That should be an absolute dogfight. Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is playing tough, tough ball right now. Yes, they are. So we always bring it up every episode, the Big 12. Texas Tech has a big one looming against TCU at home. Jared, what do you think? On Saturday at 10 a.m., can the Texas Tech Red Raiders get it done against TCU? They've been hot, man. They're 4-0 at home, I think, in their last four. TCU is a tough team, but I just love the Texas Tech Red Raiders for no reason. I don't know why I'm so hot on them but I think they've got a chance to pull it off is it going to be a tough game of course 
Absolutely. Then you got Bob Huggins, West Virginia Mountaineers, traveling to Kansas to play Kansas, who I think Kansas might be playing the best ball in the country right now, Jer. They're looking like the reigning national champions, that's for sure. They definitely are. Wilson and Dick are a duo that, if they get hot, man, oh my gosh, what a team it is to watch. Yeah, I think those two are for sure staples for that team, but I think Dejon Harris, he is the make and break of that team. When he plays good, Kansas plays good, and when he plays bad, they tend to lose. That makes me nervous for March for Kansas because guard playing defense is how you win games in March. But I tell you what, if Dejon Harris is hot, Kansas is going to make another run for a national chipper. You heard it here. Well, Jared, you want to get into the picks then? Finish out this episode? Let's get it to the people. Let's do it. Well, let me give you a recap for last episode's picks. It's hard to talk about because it was so long ago, but I'll just tell you, Jared took BYU minus five against Santa Clara. Took an L. Ban. Ban list. Never bet on BYU. Gary, for some reason, thought it was a great idea to take Arizona State Sun Devils at home against Colorado. They got beat by like 50. The pod takes Purdue going to Maryland. They got beat. So, shout out Randy. Okay. And, yep. And huge mistake here by the pod. Yep. I personally didn't realize this. Maryland is 14-1 and at home this season. So, we learned a very valuable lesson is that is never bet against Maryland at home for the rest of the season. I'm back down to even. Even money. Zero dollars. Zero cents. So, tomorrow... There's two games I'm interested in, and I'm still on the fence about which one I want to bet. Penn State goes to Ohio State, who is 0-5 in their last five, and Penn State's coming off a two-game winning streak. The line is Ohio State 1.5. Just Actually, it's two now, which means everyone and their mother is on Ohio State. I love Penn State. I like Penn State a lot, too. That's the one I was eyeing down, too, Jer. It is such a sketchy line, though. I, I think the line says go Ohio State. But when Penn State's on and when they're hitting their threes, they literally can't lose. And they've been kind of heating up these past two games. I am nervous, though, that Ohio State's on a five-game losing streak because I think eventually they're going to turn that ship around. So if you want that one, you have that one. I'm not. Because I will go. I'm staying away from that one. You're staying away? Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to go with the San Fran Dons, minus eight. Absolutely. At home against Portland. That's my pick. Love it. I'll throw a 25 bomb on that one. Hopefully start to get some cash flowing. Well, I'm going to take Bowie Bowie in Northwestern traveling to Illinois. Road game, tough game, but they're getting five points. I'll take the points there, see what they can do at Illinois. Maybe pull one through. For the pod, Jer? Do we go Penn State? Do we go? Or do we go Ohio State? Like, that's a trappy line. And I hate that it's shifting in Ohio State's favor. Do we? Do we go Penn State, you think? Just ML? Keep the points? We can't do that. I'd say we do. You think? I think we can. All right. Neither team's got any injuries. So, it's, I mean, they're even keel. When Penn State hits, man, they're so on. Let's take Penn State. Let's take Penn State money line, huh? Yeah. I think we got to. All right, Jerry. You're taking the San Francisco Dons. Given eight points at home to who was it? Mm-hmm. Portland Pilots. And I'm going to take the North, take Northwestern traveling to Illinois, getting five points. And the pod is going to end with Penn State money line traveling to Ohio State. 
Well, with that, Jer, I think we call it. I think so. I need to go to bed. I'm starting to lose my mind. Bedtime. Thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in next time to Tea Time Pod. Give us a follow on Twitter. Give us a follow on Instagram, Tea Time Pod. We appreciate it. Give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening to. We'll see you next time. the true fans still listening which i assume most of you are considering bush's beat is so hard you want to listen to every second of that we are expecting to drop our next pod on monday hopefully we hit that goal obviously we've been having struggles hitting those but stay tuned for monday thanks for listening